everybody. Welcome to U.S. Grace Force. This is the official, world-famous U.S. Grace Force podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my amazingly wonderful friend, Father Richard Heilman. And we've got Pat Mortal on tonight, great friend as well of the USGF. But we start everything off as we should with prayer. Father, I hand this to you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Father. First of all, we always want to say hello to all of our very faithful and amazing supporters. Your comments, your prayers have been and still always are incredible and very, very helpful. So please keep that up. We really rely on them a lot. The comments we get, in fact, I was just out on some live talks out in the Washington, D.C. area, and every talk I gave, people came up and said, Grace Force, we love it. And I can't tell you how much that means to Father and me both. We both hear this from so many of you, so thank you so much for that. Thank you especially to the patrons out there. You do an amazing job by keeping the, just keeping the lights on, so to speak. So thank you so much. Click the link below if you're interested in becoming a patron through the Patreon program. Thank you. God bless you. You are in our prayers. Don't forget to check out the U.S. Grace Force official gear page, amazing t-shirts, and all kinds of other great stuff out there to help support and promote the message of the Grace Force, which is, as you see in tonight's title, effectively, I know, Father, we bounce this around, all three of us, to get this title just right. And that's what the, the, the Grace Force gear is, is all about as well. The whole message of the Grace Force is really, you know, hold your ground. You be God strong, you don't give up, no matter how right. traumatic or devastating or tra just, just traumatizing life may look. We know because we are Christians, we are people who believe in the resurrection and the conquering of death. So we got every reason to have hope and continue to battle on. I know, Father, we, we talked about this earlier today about what we were going to hammer out, and you had some really, really cool inspiration. I yeah. thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I, and I want to in introduce uh, my very good, our very good friend, yeah. Pat Myrtle, and uh, Pat. Pastor. <laughs> and he, he, Pat's been with us. Uh, we've been together since 2016, right, Pat? That's correct. Yeah, remember that first phone call we had? That, that was we amazing. had that first, yeah, the first phone call was on the memorial of um, St. Pope Pius, Pius the V. Fifth. Yeah, I remember right. that. So that's April 30th isn't it correct. i think it, that's correct and that's coming up so we got an anniversary coming up it's our five-year anniversary but uh pat uh was moved by the holy spirit i believe and and uh and i i was too and we found each other and the, the rest is history and we just felt very much called to um to really galvanize a, a force to be reckoned with and that's where we are right now so it, we're called now the United States Grace Force, and what we do, and we'll get into this more, is we we uh, deploy or embark upon spiritual warfare campaigns, and we train up in spiritual warfare. And our primary one is uh, Novena for Our Nation that we do every year from uh, August 15th to October 7th. But however, God is moving us to uh, engage in this spiritual warfare. Pat, maybe a little bit more about yourself and, and uh, you know, our, what you want to say about our beginnings uh, together. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm uh, 36 years as a marketing professional in the beer business and right. uh, 
you know, I just got over time re-engaged in my Catholic faith. That's a long story right there. And uh, in uh, attending a Men of Christ conference in Milwaukee, walked away from the conference feeling called to do something and uh, talked to a good friend uh, with Men of Christ who connected me um, with someone about an idea I had, which was to build upon the 54-day Rosary Novena that Father Rick had introduced a year earlier and uh, call us together to pray in our nation's capital. And that's exactly what Father Rick and a group of us did in 2016 by launching the 54-day Rosary Novena for our nation and the National Rosary Rally, calling upon the power of prayer and specifically the strength of that weapon, the rosary that year. Yeah, awesome. And I, I wanted to start, uh, if, if you guys don't mind, I wanted to start because I think this story I'm about to tell has a lot to do with what we're doing because I think it speaks directly to it. And what, what happened was when I got here, and I got here back in uh, 2005, and it was um, the, the Friday after Ash Wednesday that I'm driving down the street in my brand new parish and the, the local, like a, a mom and pop, a, a tavern of eating eatery, very popular, uh, all of a sudden had a different name and realized it's a, it's a quote unquote gentleman's club. It's a strip club now. I mean, literally like a, a stone's throw from this beautiful 1888 church here in Pine Bluff in this gorgeous, you know, uh, quaint little neighborhood where, you know, you want to raise your children. We got a strip club across the street. And so I'm laying in bed one night after that happens. Of course, everybody's distraught. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there talking with guy. I go, okay, God, what'd you have in mind by making me a pastor with a strip club across the street? And, uh, and then I heard the words, uh, not audibly, but, I, but I, I heard in my spirit, you know, I'll let you know what you're supposed to do. Okay, well, what is that? And then I, again, not audibly, but in my spirit, I heard Miracle Mile. And that came so strongly. Now it's three o'clock in the morning. I actually got up out of my bed, got dressed, went down to my car, hit the odometer down to zero, and drove the distance that in my spirit I saw as the mile. So it went down the street in front of the strip club, came back to our parish, and went up into our amazing, beautiful cemetery behind the church where there's a life-size crucifix of our Lord. And, and just as I got to the life-size crucifix, my odometer rolled a mile. And I went, okay, I hear you, Lord. All right. So then I got people together that I wouldn't think I'm a complete lunatic for telling the story about getting up at three in the morning and what I heard from God and all this. And no, they, they, they believed that, that, uh, that this was the Holy Spirit. And so we discerned together that we were going to do, in, during, uh, throughout that mile, the Stations of the Cross. So we actually got ready, and we did it on Palm Sunday. We didn't even wait for a Good Friday, but we did it on Palm Sunday. And we had a few hundred people show up that day, and we did the Stations of the Cross. And what we did is we planted crosses in the neighbor's yards. I actually brought one. With, uh, th this is one of the original crosses right here that we planted in neighbor's yards. And uh, I'll put it up and down so you can kind of get a size of it. But um, uh, anyway, uh, so you can see that station 11 right there. And uh, we did that. And 
like I say, a few hundred people. But then what we did, it was when we got to that life-size crucifix, there's a like a wrought iron kneeler. And now this life-size crucifix, maybe 100, 150 years old or whatever. Um, and this wrought iron kneel, kneeler where you can kneel before it. But there's there's a place where you could actually, we, we, we felt called to have people carry a white ribbon, like a cloth, a piece of cloth, it's uh, like a ribbon, and tie it off on that kneeler. Well, white is the uh, sign of purity. And it was like lighting a candle in church. We were offering that as a prayer for purity in our neighborhood. And what we did then is we put the, uh, the Stations of the Cross prayer sheets in a, one of those uh, big bins, those plastic bins, along with the white ribbons, and then just let everybody know, please, anytime you want, come and pray the Stations of the Cross. Well, we had like, Moms pushing strollers, and you know, any time of the day or night, um, groups of people, groups of priests came out and prayed. But this went on and on, and we actually caught attention of local media too. And um, <clears throat> at one point, this gruff old guy uh, corners me and he says, "You know, Father, you can pray all you want, but it's going to come down to the lawyers and judges." And I just felt compelled to say I was real nice to him, and I said. Well, I think you're right, but I want God to bring us just the right lawyer and just the right judge. And lo and behold, about a week later, this lawyer contacts me. He says, I heard about what you guys are doing, and I'm, I'm behind you 100%. I happen to be one of the foremost lawyers uh, in the area of liquor licenses. Well, one thing led to another. The strip club loses their liquor license. Now they're doing their strip club thing with lemonade, <laughs> and they're losing business. So they, they uh, brought it to court. And now it's up to be uh, heard by a judge and months that, you know, how long that takes months. And, um, and then finally uh, the decision came in and the judge ruled in our favor. And we found out later that this is a very liberal county. And people who are in the know said, you got probably the only judge in all of Dane County that would have ruled in your favor. And they happened to get the case in a rotation of cases. Um, and so victory uh, throughout that time too, I was going up on this, uh, it's called uh, blue mountain state park. And if you're ever coming down to P pine bluff, you can kind of see, it looks like a mountain behind it, but it's a, uh, but I went up there and there's a, um, there's a lookout tower and it's 64 steps to the top. And I would go up there and I would pray over the land. And at one point I got, I, what came to mind was that scripture passage was Moses you know, whenever he, he had a staff, he would hold it up and they would start winning the victory. So I actually got a branch that looked like a Moses' staff. And I actually had it up there. And so I would I actually, that's how I would pray is holding the staff up. Also, I blew the shofar, uh, the ram's horn uh, every once in a while. And I had my dog at the time, I had Angel, my first Bernie's mountain dog. And I would tie her off at the bottom. I'd go up, I'd do my prayer, I'd come back down. And then we'd walk through the trails and pray the rosary. But what we were doing is praying over the land. And, and, and while I was kind of praying off, you know, kind of like Moses, and that the, the people were down doing the stations of the cross, and I did too, but, but they were the foot soldiers. They were the army. And lo and behold, you know, the power of prayer, uh, uh, victory came, and the strip club was removed uh, from Pine Bluff in a very relatively brief period of time as these things go. So we took that as um, you, you got to pray as if you truly believe God's going to answer your prayers.
And, and it, you got to pray with belief. I always tell people, whenever people ask Jesus for a miracle or healing, he'd say, do you believe I can do this? And then after he'd do it, he says, because of your faith, it was done. But that's what we took from that. And then what I, what I formed from that too was trying to get men especially, and I started what was called the Knights of the Divine Mercy, where we would meet once a month on first Friday nights, and we'd do adoration, confession, and then we'd have a mighty talk from a priest or whoever we invited in that night on a, on a great topic. And, and then we would have a fraternal social afterwards. And what we did was we trained up men in spiritual warfare, but also trained them to be regulars at adoration and at confession. Because I, I want to tell you what the thing about confession. I stopped doing communal penance services, I don't know, 15 years ago or something. And I like everything about the communal penance service except this. It trained people out of going to confession frequently. And so for that reason, I don't do that anymore. Instead, what I do is I offer it 24-7. But I also do these one, one night a week things with the Knights of Divine Mercy. We do it from September to April. And I've been trying to get this going viral because, you know, a lot of times when you offer adoration in a parish, you got the same 10 people that go, you know, they, they get in the rotation. I want to get all men to be trained up and understand the, 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 the amazing power. It's the greatest of all the devotions we can do. Um, I can't remember which saint said that, but of all the devotions there are, uh, Eucharistic adoration is the most powerful. Yeah, I think you use the word powerful of all of them. And what it does is it gets our heart in that wonder and reverence before our Eucharistic Lord. And once you get there, that's the, that's the gift of fear of the Lord. Once you get there, then all of a sudden, God's everything, and he has first place. And you can't, you can't even dream of betraying him, okay? And so all of that grew out of that. And then, <laughs> then it, it grew even more when we met Pat five years ago. And Doug, you've been with us since the beginning as well. Doug always comes out every year to the uh, Rosary Rally and and gives an amazing talk every year in Washington. Uh, but he's, he's been, and of course, we're doing this uh, podcast too. But anyways, but see where it's come? I mean, it started, you know, with a, a little group of people that just prayed in belief and didn't stop praying. And now we're, we're 77 strong, 77,000 strong. And I want to get that number to a million. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, yeah. but... But, uh, but so I want to tell that story just to start off because I, I think it frames what we're going to talk about tonight. And that is that we need to believe in the power of prayer. And so we want to tell even more stories about how, how prayer has been so potent uh, and, and in our efforts with spiritual warfare. Well, if I could jump in real quick, I, I want to emphasize something you mentioned about in scripture where our Lord talks about people's faith having to do with the cure or, or the healing right. of some sort. And one of my favorite ones is always the hemorrhaging woman who for 12 years has been hemorrhaging and she sees Jesus walking by, just wants to touch the hem of his garment. And she does. And our Lord's response is it, it's one of these fascinating moments. He says, who touched me? Yep. And, and, you know, Peter and the disciples are, well, Lord, you know, you're, you're, you're surrounded by people left and right. And he says, no, no healing power has gone out of me. Yes. And so when the woman comes up and says, it's me, I did it. He says, it's your faith that has been your cure. Yep. Now, she believed before she touched, yep. but she wasn't cured. And he states that the healing power came out of him, 
but then says it was the faith that was the cure. But the faith and the effort that she made becomes that receiving aspect of the power that is already present. Right. So, you know, you, I mean, I just, I think it'd be a great movie. You know, Pat, we got to try to raise money, make a movie on this one. Father climbing up the mountain, you know, he ties off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes up, he's holding up the staff, you got know, the- he's, he's blowing the chauffeur, you know, <laughs> day after day, this humble priest from this. Yeah. Tiny, I, it was at, literally, it was, it was like, town. it was like April 1st until middle of October. And I only missed four mornings in all that time. And, and I used to. I used to believe that I needed to get up there before the sun rose. You know how you, you, you look to the east and that's where Christ will come? Right. I felt compelled to do that. So I, I drove, and it, it takes about 20, 25 minutes to get there, I, and, and then to get up on the tower. And I was up on the tower before the little peak of sunrise came, and that's when I was praying on there. And again, I only missed four mornings the whole time I was there. From so April that's like that's like October. begging God. <laughs> what? This is April to October, you said. Yeah. And my view was all over my whole parish and beyond. I could see Madison and everything. It's just a glorious up there. Um, but uh, but I was literally praying over, you know, I was made pastor of this area. And so I'm praying over it. Evil entered in the strip club. You know, I mean, we would have had, you know, uh, drug houses and, uh, you know, prostitution that's what that's what our neighborhood would have been and instead now we got little kids you know with on their trikes down the street in the most safe and glorious and beautiful little pine bluff right now because we drove the devil out we literally drove the devil out with the power of god well and i think to make that point i'm says that point now pat i'll let you jump in i started to jump in here again but is that the power is there the power exists it's the supernatural power of god you know, as we see in the title of this program, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, hold, hold your ground, be God strong. Right. It's the strength of God. It's not the strength of us. It's like you saying to that right. man, when he says it's lawyers and, and, and judges, and you're saying, yeah. And we want God to bring that lawyer, that judge who has that. And God did that. And yeah. The lawyer and the yeah. judge made this decision. They did their thing, but God brought it. God yeah. brought it. You know, and, that's, and, that's and, the and important it's all part. Cooperation with the power of God. Right. We are part of this battle and we can't excuse ourselves from it, no matter how, how grave the situation may seem. The, the other power, though, of prayer is to really subordinate yourself in humility to the divine will. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so whatever you're praying for, if it's just a selfish intention, um, are you really subordinating yourself to the divine will? Because it has to be something that you don't just want but it's something that God is going to will to want to will to have done as well. Yep. And that, that made me think, I don't know if this is a good time to do it, but uh, I, I did a new project and here it is. I, I wrote a book. It's this little thing. <laughs> this actually fits in your credit card slot in your wallet, but you can see it's, it's the name of, a, of our podcast tonight, God Strong. But Pat, you made me think of this because I, I try to teach in a very succinct way how to actually uh, increase ourselves in the supernatural strength of God. Okay. The subtitle is um, how to become supernaturally strong. Right. And the first thing I say is humility. It's that's you got to start there because if, if you're telling God or you're, you're, uh, you're manipulating God, I always say that's what we do sometimes is that, is that we put, we, we set God off to the side 
and we almost tell him what we're going to do. You know, even though the scripture says this, and even though the church says this, and what's been handed down to us, we believe this instead. Well, no grace for you, you know, no soup for you, right? <laughs> no grace for you, because it ain't going to happen unless you're in league, okay? You're, you're in union, you're united with God. And so uh, there was a moment for me to do that. This is actually going in every combat rosary uh, they are being printed right now uh, in, the, in the future. So everybody that gets a combat rosary, this will be in the front zipper of the combat rosary. And it teaches you exactly how to become supernaturally strong. And that's what we're talking about right now. You hold your ground, be God strong, right? Yeah, well, and it's also, it's interesting too, in light of everything that's been happening right now in the last, over the last year, where people are living in such fear and have lost touch with this, this humble trust in God. And, you know, we've seen it with all the mandates and all the lockdowns and everything that's happening. And, and people are just living in this idea that there's some, you know, it's just in the air everywhere. I've got to, I've got to be covered. I've got to be shielded. I've got to be protected, you know, out of fear. And it, it takes away from, from uh, I mean, th there's a logical way to, to try to be safe, sure. But, you know, we've gotten to a point where the fear has dominated so many lives and so many levels that right. it, it's not turning to God for his strength while right. practicing natural common sense, all right? I mean, I mean, really, truly common sense, not the, the, the crazy guidelines are changing left and right things that we hear in the press all the time. But I'm talking about just humble, common sense, trusting in God. And, and I, you, know, I, you know, I think if we, if we had spent nearly half the time, even let's say half the time, focusing on deepening our prayer life, deepening our trust in God, as we had following whatever so-called expert came out with what changes we needed to do with distancing in a checkout line at a grocery store, to all these things, you know, just imagine the society we could have, but we don't. In fact, we've drifted the other way. We've moved further away in many respects. But with that being said, I know that's one of the reasons, Father, you and I, every week when we do the podcast, we want to encourage people, you know, and Pat, I know everything. I mean, you are, you are one of these behind the scenes type of guys that has had done so much incredible work to arrange. That's our leader. Pat, Pat leads the whole show. Oh yeah. I mean, all the Rosary yeah. Coast to Coast rallies. I mean, you're, you're just out there just running the whole thing. You know, and so well, we have a lot of people involved, but what I wanted to say is this whole living in fear thing. Um, no, Pat, if we, we are praise, living in, we want to pay, praise Pat a little bit longer here. Yeah, no, that's all right. And then, um, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, if we are living in fear, we aren't holding our ground. The right, devil right. is gaining ground. Right. And, and that's exactly what he wants us to do. If we are so if we are so of the world, right? If we are so of the world that we are living in fear because of what if events around us, pandemic and other things, then the devil is gaining ground. We need to have yeah. our sights set further than that. We need to have our sights set supernaturally strong. Yeah. And, um, and then we won't live in fear. Our only fear will be of displeasing God. Yeah. Yeah. So I, Pat uh, and, and Doug, um, I want to look at, you know, we basically started in 2016, okay? Like you say, I, I had the idea to do this Novena uh, 54 day, and then and then you and me and everybody else to, uh, took it from there. But, uh, but it, it, 2016, if you all remember, that was an election year, and a lot was at stake. And uh, it was amazing what happened there. You know, I'm not saying, oh, it's because we prayed or anything, but 
Listen, God gives, we call them God winks or God incidences. They're actually called signal graces, but it's, it's a way of God telling us, okay, I'm with you. Um, and I'm hearing your prayers and I'm answering them. But uh, to start, you know, we started that on August 15th in 2016 and we prayed with faith. You know, I do believe you can do this, God. And, and look, look what we were facing is, uh, I mean, we were called deplorable back then. And it was going to be, we, we were only a, we were only a year away from when they redefined marriage. I mean, the rock bed of civilization, it was only a year old. We saw all this stuff being ushered in and we're like, God, please, you know, and it's like, send the right judge and send the right lawyer, you know, send the right people who are running the country to run it in a more godly way. I mean, they're not perfect, but, but in a more godly way than, you know, you can marry 83 people and you can go to a doctor and, you know, get, get your, your, your sex changed and, and uh, you know, marry anybody you want. It, all this stuff that was being ushered in, babies up to birth, uh, uh, you can kill them, uh, all this stuff. And we're going, we got to pray, we got to pray. Well, one of the things that we got, and I, I took it as a God incident or a signal grace, is we started on August 15th, and people can look this up. On August 16th, they announced that they were getting rid of Paul Manafort in that, in that uh, campaign, and they got Kellyanne Conway in. I absolutely love Kellyanne Conway. She's a daily mascot. She's an adorer. Some people joke that when you walk into her house, it looks like a rectory because there's so much religious imagery in it. But she had a heart of gold and she really connected with people. And that campaign turned, okay, in a direction right at that moment. And, you know, if they announced on August 16th, I just, I figured, hey, they, they probably gave her the job the day before and they announced it the next day. And uh, the day before was when we started uh, the, the very first um, uh, 54 day, and we called it Novena for Our Nation. We want this nation to be under God. You know, and, and it's just the, the laws that they want to enact that, that are just uh, sending people into pure evil, uh, sinfulness, uh, eternal damnation. You know, it's, if, if, if we're not... So we want, again, just the right lawyer and just the right judge, just the right president, just the right Congress, just the right Senate, you know, that, that, that will get laws that are, are going in the direction of God. So that's how we, do you remember that, Pat? When we well, started yeah. that together? That's what motivated us at the time. And, yeah. you know, we, we started to gather forces behind us. I mean, we started out Very by coddling a few thousand people here and there and, you know, in that first year, how, what, did, what was the number we grew the, the grace force to? It was... Yeah, uh, uh, thirty thousand, like, I think. Yeah, thirty thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and in a very short amount of time, because people recognize the power of gathering together in yes. prayer. Yep, praying together through um, through the fifty four day Rosary Novena, and again gathering in person in the nation's capital at the National Rosary. And we got a lot of prelates behind us too. Uh, I remember Bishop Morlino was one, and I think Cardinal Burke was another, but. A lot of prelates that were, were uh, in favor of what we were doing, and, and again concluding in the nation's capital um, with the uh, uh, national rosary rally. So they they were supporting it. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Cardinal Burke's been with us all the way. He's been a strong yes. supporter of of what we've been doing, and um, I know you have a close relationship with him. And we may get on to some of the other things you've done with Cardinal Burke here tonight. Yeah. 
he's but, he's he's my hero. Yeah, and, and but, Father, uh, I, I know Father, when you and I were talking earlier today, you said that you would you had had this inspiration over the weekend to wake up at what three a.m. or something. I think you said. Oh yeah. You just started digging. I mean, tell that story because you started as you were well, telling me on the phone today. I thought this is this is perfect. People need to hear this kind of timeline of things as you and Pat are just talking about regarding the Rosie Coast to Coast and all. But but there's so much more that has happened regarding. Yeah. So. Grace uh, Force. It, yep. I actually had my good friend uh, Father Carlos Martins. Uh, he was in the area for. Uh, he's traveling all the time, and so uh, he stayed over. But uh, he was coming, and he was going to arrive at 2 in the morning. I said, well, I'll talk to you when we wake up in the morning. But I ended up waking up, and so by now it's, it's 3 in the morning, and I figure he's across the hall, which he was. And uh, anyways, I woke up at 3 in the morning, and all of a sudden, it's like God's going, okay, you need to look at this. Okay, you need to look at that. And, I, and all of a sudden, I'm pulling up these old articles and, and everything that – and it was God showing me what we've done up to this point, you know, what – what you, through this uh, United States Grace Force and through these tens of thousands of people and all of these signal graces, these these God incidents that ha that had gone on. Another one that happened in 2016 was um, so okay. We we talked about when we started. How about when we finished October 7th? And again, look this up. That very same day, that's when the WikiLeaks were made public, and so you know that that brought a lot to light that needed to be brought to light and for, uh, for people to understand, you know, the choices that they need to make uh, on that. And then uh, of course the media, uh, you know, they, they're, they're all leftists and radical, radical secularists. Uh, they didn't want it to go in the direction it looked like it was going for So they just went full on and it looked just like it wasn't going to go in the direction of the more pro-life candidate. All right. Uh, so we called for a, a, a novena to St. Jude, who is the patron saint of lost causes, right? Well, that the feast day is on October 28th, and you can look this up again. That's when James Comey reopened the investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails. And a lot of people think that that was the, the nail in the coffin for that. And then from that point on, uh, we joined together with the Knights of Columbus and uh and prayed what they called the national novena together and lo and behold you know we were able to stop this radical secular anti-god platform that was about to take over the country at that time and instead we got a guy and uh people can say anything they want and here's where i come from you've got propagandists right now the media hollywood tv universities public schools uh big tech everybody they're on league with each other and they're training people to hate this guy. And, and is he unorthodox? Is he, is he, uh, you know, nasty sometimes? Yeah. But you know what? He's got uh, world leaders kind of on their edge because he's unpredictable, mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and so they, they're careful with this guy because he's kind of that way. And, and, and he's been a, he, he was a wrecking ball to the elite, you know, uh, I call him the, the cocktail class. Uh, he was just a wrecking ball. They call it the swamp. He was draining the swamp. Um, so, and I don't think this is about politics again, okay? All right, remember, go back to the, my original story about here in Pine Bluff. We want God to act, okay? But what did I say to that guy? I said, 
I want God to bring just the right lawyer and just the right judge so that we're not sitting here in a drug-infested uh, uh, prostitution neighborhood that this strip club would have brought in anymore. You know, we, we, we got people who are powerful, influential to get this going away from a very bad direction. Call, I, I, it's totally unfair for anybody to call me political because I'm trying to be a part of stopping, you know, uh, I mean, the, the president we have right now, he was interviewed. He said, if an eight-year-old boy wants to change his sex, uh, can he go to the doctor and have his body mutilated? Yep, fine. You know, at eight years old. Um, this is just insanity. This isn't the this isn't the party of the 1960s. This is no longer about left and right. This is about up and down. This is yeah. about this is about good versus evil right but, now. And you, know, and, and you know, uh, Father, along the lines you're talking about, uh, the people in your neighborhood when this happened with the right judge and the right lawyer, we'll call them that. Did anybody look at their their entire position on everything? Did they look at their entire lives and start picking it apart? No. They were happy with the fact that they made the right call on this issue that was moral, that was sound, and that helped preserve what it was good, holy, and true. That was some of the flack that we had with the past president. Well, we didn't like the way he said this. Well, he wasn't right here. This was a man who stood up at the pro-life rally. He was the first president who came to a pro-life right. rally. He, he spoke openly about religious rights internationally. Right. You know, he stood and defended. He, he is, we had Father Frank Pavone on recently. You know, we heard the story where Father Frank said that he said to the pastors, you got to learn to fight. He told them, you got to learn to fight for your religious freedoms. You know, right. this was a man where, it is a man where you, you can't look at everything and complain about this, that, and the other thing, because God doesn't always bring, it. look, even, even the Vatican is an example of God not always bringing the perfect, already canonized person to the battlefield when you're standing up against these supernatural forces of darkness. Yeah. So the right judge, the right lawyer, the right president for the right time, the right teacher, you know, the right, um, the right health worker, the right doctor, the right person in the right time who has the moral fiber to do what God wants them to do at that moment. And I think that was, I, I think when we watched that election take place, it was a miracle the night it happened because yeah. everything was leaning one direction and overnight oh, shifted dramatically. Yeah, all the I polls said, were... I think that, that God gave us a little more time with an open window. Right. A little more time with an open window, you know, to, to for more of us to take ownership of the situation. And then, you know, as Pat, as you said earlier, to humble ourselves, to hold the ground, to be God's strong, to turn to God. And to engage, continue to engage in what we're called to engage in. Yeah, and what we're not called to engage in is tolerating evil. Um, yeah. And, you know, Amen. but that means that we're loving people to heaven, not loving them to hell. Right. Um, and what does that mean? Well, loving someone to hell means they say this, you say that's fine, I agree with you. And But if it's evil, if it puts them on the road to hell then you're loving them to hell. That's right. not love. That's right. not God's love. That's not what we're called to do. Right. Um, we need to love and respect the person, uh, but we need to point them in the right direction. Yeah, they, we just had the readings of the Good Shepherd, right? And he said that they're, the hired hands, you know, they see the wolf coming and they, they just bolt, you know, and, and uh, they let the sheep be devoured by the, 
the wolves. Well, us spiritual leaders, particularly, and 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 you guys are in leader positions too. We have to look ourselves in the face and say, are we willing to die? Are we willing to take a bullet? Are we willing to have our reputation ruined? Whatever it takes to make sure that those sheep don't get slaughtered by the wolves that are in. That's why That's why I say, you know, I, I, I don't watch movies. I don't watch sitcoms. I don't, you know, I don't really, I really go out to dinner, golf. And then you know what I do is I love to, to read. I love to write, but I always have, uh, conservative news on in the background at all times. You know what I'm doing there? I am making sure I'm well-informed, or in other words, I'm watching out for the wolves. And because I, I love, I love my sheep. I love them. I am not just a paid hired hand here as a priest. I literally love my sheep. And, if, and, and look what's coming in right now, all right? Look at what's coming. I mean, there's a lot of people. There's people that, that are shocked, but there's actually literally suicides going on because of the despair out there, because of what's going in right now. And, and, and I'm sorry, but a lot of us spiritual leaders are, are, are living like we're hired hands. We just give the pat little fluffy sermon and we just kind of do our little mass and we don't upset anybody and we make sure no one, no snowflakes are triggered uh, it, it, while the wolves are devouring our sheep, okay? And, and so uh, I'm passionate. And, and I believe so was Maximilian Kolbe, Father Kolbe. That was 1930s Germany. And, and he basically was the guy that, I, when they were doing all the propaganda, the indoctrination, he was like, no, here's the truth. No, here's the truth. Well, that's what we have to do. You know, we have to be able to, we have to, we have to stand and we have to speak the truth openly, but we also have to believe in the supernatural power of God and collect these sheep together and be a force to be reckoned with against those wolves, right? Yes, absolutely. And I would say, and for husbands and fathers out there, Pat, you and I can yes. both, you know, speak to this. You know, Father, you described you getting up in the morning, driving out to that hill, tying your dog Angel at the bottom, climbing the hill, holding up the staff, praying over the land that God entrusted. Like a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I, you know, and we men should be the same way. You know, right. we should be praying over with, you know, like the rosary, we should be right. praying over our families, over exactly. the homes we've been entrusted to. You know, every I like day, when, the, I like when the, the, the parents bless their kids before they go to bed at night. Yeah, I yeah. bless my kids with holy water. Yep. almost every day of their of their of their lives you yeah know, I, when they were living at home i still bless my wife I and they have to see your strong faith for it to click with them if you have strong faith you're, you're going to pass that on i, I mean that's the yeah. hope and prayer for all of us but but this is the like you're talking about we've, we've got to have that kind of love that wants to do this now father if you don't mind can you address and pat you were part of this too the major incident u.s grace force uh incident god incident of what happened in dc when the archway was brought out there, this is a phenomenal story. Father, can you can you can, lay can that we one start? Out can we start? I'd like us to play um, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn's video right now. Okay? okay, if we can do that. Sure. This is Jonathan Kahn with a word for this hour. If you've read The Harbinger or The Paradigm, you know that we are replaying an ancient template of judgment. America is following the same course 
that ancient Israel followed when it turned away from God and ultimately headed to judgment and destruction. Key in that fall of ancient Israel was the god Baal or Baal. Baal was the god of power, the god of, of fertility, of prosperity, of sexual immorality. Baal was the god of their apostasy. When they turned away from God, they turned to Baal. And Baal was the God that they offered their children to as sacrifices. They would approach his altar, come to the, to the, they put their baby in the metal hands of the idol of Baal and they would roll their baby into the flames. God would judge them for that. America has also followed the spirit of Baal. We are following the spirit that a nation follows when it turns away from knowing God. We have turned to the spirit of Baal. We have followed the God of prosperity, of power, of apostasy, of sexual immorality. And we have offered up our children, not thousands as they did. We have offered up millions of our children, of our unborn on the altars of self-obsession. We have offered up over 60 million children in abortion. Could the sign of Baal appear on American soil? In the autumn of 2016, the sign of Baal appeared in New York City. I went down there for the unveiling of this unholy object, the Arch of Baal. And we actually showed it to you, we'll show you a little clip of them unveiling it to Middle Eastern music with, with the leaders of uh, New York City praising this thing. It was the Arch of Baal, a reproduction from the Middle East or of the Middle Eastern Arch that led the worshipers of Baal into the Temple of Baal. And again, this is the, the worship that involved the offering up of children. It is the sign of a nation that has fallen from its God and now it appeared in America. And where? In New York City, the center of abortion, the abortion capital of America. Well, this is appropriate for an object of Baal. It's also the place, New York, where abortion became, uh, spearheaded abortion as the law of the land. But the timing was also important. It was autumn 2016. And there was a great conflict or a great uh, um, convergence. It was the election of the autumn of 2016, the election for president. Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. And never before had the issue of abortion, the issue of bail become such a brazen issue. For the first time in its history, the Democratic Party literally celebrated abortion at its convention and vowed to strike down every hindrance to abortion in America. This is the issue of bail. And so now it appeared at the time heading to the election in New York City, New York, which is the place of Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, actually they both were there in New York City on the night of the election. It was almost like a spiritual uh, warfare, conflict over this, a dark warfare, because the forces that are for abortion are ultimately linked to Baal. Now in the paradigm, it mentioned two cities. I mentioned two cities linked to Baal or abortion. One was New York City and the other is Washington, D.C. See, these are the two capitals of Planned Parenthood. And it's also the one, New York, is where abortion was spearheaded for the nation, and Washington is where abortion was made the law of the land through the Supreme Court. Well, now they are planning to put up the Arch of Baal 
in Washington, D.C., the capital of America. Why now? We have another election coming up, the midterm election, which is going to be crucial and critical to the future on all these issues, abortion, religious freedom, of all these issues concerning believers. And right now is the issue of the Supreme Court, the very, the very vessel that legalized abortion. Well, now there is, when I'm saying this right now, there is someone uh, who's the candidate for confirmation. And all the forces that are for abortion are going crazy. And the issue is not about the person. It's not about any scandal. The issue is clearly about life and death, abortion. And the forces which are for abortion see this as a threat that from the Supreme Court, what was done in, in 1973 could be undone. It's clearly a war that effect, that's a spiritual war, spiritual warfare concerning the spirit of Baal. And the, the idea is if that, those forces which are for abortion can hold out till November, that's it. They will have victory. So the Arch of Baal is now being set up in Washington, D.C. And now the, the arch that is linked to the killing of children. And when is it going to be set up? Now, many of you will see this online later, but still pray. It's going to be set up, it's scheduled to be set up on September 26th. That is one day before the hearing that is coming. And it will be there till for, for basically for the week of the hearings. The Arch of now, now nobody's planning this, knowing that it's linked, all these things are linked together. But it's spiritual. This is telling you something. Believers, this is a critical time. Whether you see this before the events, whatever's going to happen with the Supreme Court or after, this is a critical time. The election is a critical moment. We need to pray we, fervently, like the prayers of Elijah. We need to pray for America, for revival, and for this election. And we need to vote as well. If you can do anything, whatever you can do towards the purposes of God for life, you need to do it. Or else we cannot say anything the day after. And we don't want blood on our hands. The harbinger revealed we are a nation heading for judgment. The paradigm reveals we are in that, that progression of judgment. We are in a window of time. This is like a chance. This is like a reprieve. We have a window of time to turn back and to, to pray for revival and work for revival. Well, this is the time, but the window is not forever. The window will close, and it may close sooner than some think. Depending on what we do, it matters what do we do now. This is our moment, people of God. This is critical, a critical moment, and it is life and death. It is judgment or revival. One of the, without revival, there is no hope for America. We need to pray for revival work for revival, minister for revival, spread the gospel for revival, and repent for revival, we need to start living in revival. You start living revival, the revival begins now. So this is an appeal. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their evil ways, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Brothers and sisters, this is our moment. Rise to it. Don't fail. Rise to it for everything is depending on it. God bless you. So Rabbi Jonathan Kahn was drawing attention to this Archibald. It turns out 
that it was being planted just days before we were going to arrive out in Washington, D.C. And I'm going, can we get an exorcist? Can we get a... And what I did is I brought out Epiphany wa uh, Water and uh, Exercise and Blessed Salt. And then I get a phone call from my friend who's an exorcist. And he says, are you guys going to be out in Washington, D.C.? I said, yeah. He says, I am too. I said, can you please come over and do an exorcism of place? Sure. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> and so... We're out there just days after, and now, uh, Pat, you know this especially, that you can be put anywhere around the grounds and anywhere around the outside of the grounds. And so you don't know where you're going to end up. And same with the people who planted the Arch of Ball. By coincidence, by God incidence, we landed on the exact same spot. I mean, we could probably look down on the grass and see the impression on the ground where the Archibald was a week before we got there, okay? And what's interesting about that, too, is that once we heard about the Archibald, we called the United States Grace Force, and we were actually still doing our 54-day rosary novena, but we asked them also, would you please do a nine-day chaplet of St. Michael? So not for not, a chaplet of St. Michael for nine days. Well, lo and behold, the day we started the chapel of St. Michael, they removed the arch of ball. And, and then, the, so, and then we came out nine days later. They, so they removed the arch of ball on the feast of St. Michael the Archangel. You can't make this stuff up. Then that was when all the uh, demonic Kavanaugh hearings, I mean, you'd watch this thing and go, these people are possessed by the devil. And they're bringing up the, you know, that he held a beer and, and when he was in high school. And, and yeah. uh, it, it was un unbelievable. And so, so we're praying too, because he's a, a constitutional judge, a pro-life. And, uh, and so we want this to happen. And, oh, it was going, it seemed like it went on forever. Well, we're, I'm, we're driving out. I'm driving out. We're all going out for October 7th which that year it landed on, we always do the Sunday nearest to, to the seventh. That year it landed exactly on that Sunday. We're driving out and I, it's October 6th. And I'm with my brother-in-law. He came out with me that year. We're driving out in the car and all of a sudden breaking news. Judge Kavanaugh is being sworn in. I looked down at the clock on my car. It wasn't 2.59. It wasn't 3.01. It was 3 p.m. exactly. Okay, the hour of mercy. And we had been praying for this. And, and, and Judge Kavanaugh was sworn in the, the, the vigil of the end of our 54-day Rosary Novena. We go out there, and the, the exorcist, he actually says he did it twice just to make sure. Uh, he did an exorcism of place. And then I brought out hundreds of these little bottles of holy water and blessed salt. And I'm actually looking around if I could show one to his hand. That's the... Uh, hold up i don't but anyways uh they're they're little bottles and the, the plastic bottle manufacturers actually call that size and shape bullets and uh so i had hundreds of them and i asked them would you please go around and uh and sprinkle this water and salt anywhere and they were like so excited yeah we'll do that and I, we actually got some great pictures in fact uh, I'm, I'm hoping while i'm talking here that we're, we have those up but uh but one of my worries was you're, you're, you're pouring white powder on the ground, on the national grounds. And so uh, would the security get, uh, get uh, upset? 
and actually security went up and asked them what they're doing. There it is. Yep. Yep. Security went up and asked them what they're doing. And once they, they told them what they're doing, the security guy almost started laughing and he was doing selfies with the persons. (laughs) I think we're going to show one of those, those pictures too on this, but, uh, it was just, it was unbelievable. And, uh, then I'll, I'll shut up now, but I was asked by the uh, Faith and Freedom uh, Coalition of Delaware to come out. They wanted to give me an award, uh, a Freedom Award. And there, there was another, it was me and another person who were being given an award. And it worked out perfect because I could just scoot up there from where we were. And this award ceremony was on October 9th. Well, who would you think is the other guy getting the award at this thing? Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, who had been talking about the the arch of ball so there we are together uh that night and i'm telling them um so you're gonna want to hear this <laughs> we just had 300 people on the exact same spot and an exorcist and holy water and bless all and his eyes were like wait what what <laughs> you know and uh and so and we 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 actually hit it off that night really well because you can imagine but you, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, remember, that's the video. And two days after that happens, I end up being with him getting an award at the Faith and Freedom Coalition. So anyway. The other uh, thing that struck me at that time, and Doug, I think you have film of this, is the juxtaposition of what occurred on October 6th versus what we were doing on October 7th. And there was just pure rage and hate on October yeah. 6th. Yep, they were pounding on the Supreme Court. There was just right, and and yet there we are a day later, and we are have hundreds of people together in peaceful, prayerful profession yeah. of our faith. I mean, the you could the juxtaposition could not have been more stark. Reclaiming demonic, surrendered ground between the demonic and the heavenly. Yeah, right. and I was walking through the crowd that day with my with my camera taking taking shots of this, and you can see you know people pounding on the on the Supreme court doors there and all. And, you know, the, the anger, you could just feel it. It was palpable walking through it. You could cut it with a, with a, with a, with a knife as the saying goes. And you're right, Pat. It was so, so counter to what we were going to do the next day was just to see the anger and the rage that they had in the whole crowd. And it was, it was one, one of all the places I've been over the years, this was one place where, I really felt like I, I just want to get out of this crowd. <laughs> this just doesn't feel not because I felt physically threatened. Um, I mean, although something could have gone bad, but there was something in the air there that was very, very dark. A lot of pro-abortion people there, a lot of you know banners being held up, signs and so forth, and just a lot of atmosphere. And some of the speakers that were speaking were were talking about you know the not just mama bear one woman said i believe she called herself mama dragon or something like this and you're know, gonna oh. swing the tail or something to that effect and i thought whoa whoa you know just the, the the bold sort of brash statements and then when they they rushed up the steps and started pounding on the doors and you know it wasn't considered an insurrection then you know uh compared to what just recently happened out there but yeah they were threatening and it was it was angry and they were screaming and shouting and then you're right pat the next day we had you know, several hundred people out there praying a rosary, calm and peaceful, incredibly obvious, obvious contrast there. Yeah. And, and, and what happened, we got just the right judge, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we prayed and again, we'll get accused of being political because that's about the political world. 
but we want this country to thrive as one nation under God. And we need right. our lawmakers to be on board with us. I want to share one, one other thing is that, um, remember, we, we prayed for just the right lawyer, just the right judge, and just the right president. But uh, one of the things that, that is worthy to take note, and I'm just, I just want to show you this list. This was the first 25 days of, uh, uh, of President Trump's uh, administration, and he did this. He was the first president to directly address the March for Life. He uh, proclaimed January 22nd as National Sanctity of Life Day. Uh, the U.S. House passed the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protector Act. The Senate confirms pro-life Alex Az Azar as the newest HHS uh, secretary. The Senate approves Trump's nominee for pro-life uh, Governor Sam uh, Brownback as religious freedom ambassador. Uh, the Trump administration creates the Conscience and Religious Freedom Division of Health and Human Services to protect religious freedoms of medical professionals. Uh, Cecile Richards stepping down as Planned Parenthood head. Uh, Senate uh, vote on uh, uh, Pain-Capable Unborn Child Protection Act. And President Trump clears the way for states to defund Planned Parenthood. That was in the first 25 days. Okay. I mean, Amazing. people were a people were a trained to hate this guy. And what did he? How many judges? You know, did was it? Is two hundred at least? I think. And then now is it? Uh, it's three um, Supreme Court judges. So it's uh, you know again, go ahead and accuse me of politics, but I want one nation under God, and I want our lawmakers and those in in places of influence and power to be in our league. And I want to pray for that. Yes, bring me just the right lawyer and just the right judge. Right, so, Pat? Yes. And, uh, you know, a lot of people gathered together in prayer, you know, for the last number of years, and especially last year being a, another election year, another key election year, and it didn't necessarily go the way that we prayed for. So now we, here we are in 2021, and people are wondering, oh, what am I called to do now in these times? Can I say something quick about what happened there? Yes. I, I'm in the school of thought that they cheated. Okay, I'm just going to say that, and you're not allowed to say that, or they'll ruin you. But um, so this is the way I look at it: is they couldn't influence, they couldn't train us enough to hate him enough. Okay, they couldn't do it that way. That didn't work. So they had to resort to cheating. Okay, so now this is a new wrinkle that we're dealing with with evil. And now we have to step up our game because we're in this era where they're, it's, I'm calling they're like a gangster. They're like an organized crime syndicate, right. you know, they're, because they're all, again, big tech, media, Hollywood, you know, they're all in league together. Okay. And it's a mighty force. And we're told to sit down and shut up. And, and, uh, and priests who are speaking up against this evil that's being, are, are, are being canceled. And uh, so it's, it's a real rough going right now, but I'm telling you right now, okay, if they're going to start slaughtering little eight-year-old boys, if they're going to kill babies at, at the point of birth, if they're going to destroy the, the rock bed of civilization marriage, I'm going to speak up and you can go ahead and call that politics all you want, okay? And that regime, okay, wants that. I just told you what the other regime was for, all right? That, they, that was the Constantine that was letting 
that was letting Christianity thrive. This is a mob that hates God. And I'm, it's just, it's, and we have to pray like we've never prayed before. And Pat, help us to understand, because you're, you're, you're a fearless leader. We've got a big campaign coming up, don't we? Uh, let's talk about that now. I think we got about 15 minutes left on, on the show, but we need to get into that because the United States Grace Force, you saw what we've been doing and we believe, okay? And we've, and you could despair and say, oh, we prayed going into 2020 and look what happened. And uh, well, but can, can evil, evil got more aggressive and now we got to fight more and, well, and we're going to win. Hold yeah. your ground, baby. We're going to win. Hold your ground. Be God strong. Well, and I want to comment before Pat, before you get into the, the new campaign on, on that point there, fathers, because there have been people who are kind of shaking their head wondering, well, okay, father, you, you know, Doug, Pat, we prayed and, and it didn't go so well. Look, I, I agree with you, father. They cheated this time. I, right. I agree with that. And, and many people, and the majority of Americans polled believe even Democrats believe. Yeah, I think it's like 70%, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And yeah. so look, again, you're right. Call political people. This is, this is about good versus evil. This is what, you know, we heard Father Frank speak about when he's been on. He's very deeply entrenched in what goes on in the political world as well. Archbishop Vigano came out before the election and actually stated, this is something much, much deeper now. This is far more than just some political battle. This is about good versus evil, children of life. It is good versus evil. One goes to the March for Life, <laughs> and yes. the other side is threatened by the March for Life, okay? Yeah. There ain't no gray area here, okay? Right. And one of the pillars of their platform is the slaughter of babies in the womb. I mean, that's, that's right. one of their main pillars and has been for years. Which is the God of Baal. It is. It absolutely yep. is. And we had the Arch of Baal, but he right. took child sacrificing. So I would say this, the people out there who might be doubting or throwing their arms up in frustration that, well, we prayed and it didn't work. I would say, well, maybe God is allowing this for something even greater and deeper to call more individual people to own this spiritual battle, to own your part in it, to actually step up and say, you know what? I've got to roll up my sleeves. I need to back to what Pat said earlier. I got to humble myself before God. I've got to acknowledge that I'm part of this. Just like we go back to, I, I love the example of the children of Fatima, the August 1917 apparition in particular, where the children were on their way out to the apparition site at the Kova and they were taken by the local authorities and they were threatened. They were put, threatened to be put in jail they were threatened to be boiled to death in oil if they didn't if they didn't reveal all the secrets that our blessed mother told them to, to keep quiet to themselves at that time. They wouldn't do it, and they were released, and then a few days later, the blessed mother appears to the children, and she said this to them, God is very displeased with how you were treated, and because of it, the miracle that I will work in October will be much less spectacular. Now, that miracle was the spinning of the sun in the sky, people yeah. seeing the sun and not burning their eyes. 70,000 plus people for 40, 50 miles around even saw this. It had been raining and everything dried up immediately. Point being, that's pretty spectacular. But if heaven pulled back, if God pulled back because of us, that shows when we choose, when we choose to cooperate with grace or reject and ignore it, Heaven responds. Right. Heaven responds to what we're doing down here. And I just heard this recently from a priest on, on a video. I thought it made great sense that prophets, when they come forth with the prophetic message, not always is it that what they say is going to happen to a T. The prophetic message is, is explicitly at its root designed to move hearts to repentance. 
to right. move us to conversion. And if we respond to it, to whatever degree, that can change the outcome of said prophecy. Yep. All right, to what degree? And Our Lady even said, if man doesn't stop offending God, this was July 13, 1917. If man doesn't stop offending God, there will be a second war, <clears throat> far worse than World War One. So the, the, the hinge there was we needed to respond right. and stop offending God. In other words, conversion, repentance. Right. Father, I mean, Pat, that's no different than what's going right. on today. Right. Is that, that, that these what we're seeing unfold? We're in the thick of right now. What yep. an amazing opportunity to be part of this battle, this yes. supernatural battle, to help bring about conversion and mitigate these these prophecies, these warnings. Yeah, and Fatima is a, a, a recognize Fatima is a great thing for us to transition into because there's a great conversions coming up, isn't there, Pat? Yeah, recognize the signs of the times that we are in. Right. Um, do not live in fear because that demonstrates a lack of trust in God. Um, does that mean we sit on our hands? Absolutely not. Um, we have to call upon the supernatural power of our faith, and that's exactly what we will be doing moving forward. So I, I do want to um, just uh, go back a little bit and say that, you know, as we explained earlier, we really called upon the prayer, power of prayer, especially the rosary as we launched. Uh, what we did in 2016. Um, but along the way, I think we started to bring out our big gun. And that big gun is the Blessed Sacrament. It's the Eucharist. And bringing that much more prominently and explicitly into our prayer campaigns, into what we're doing with adoration of the Blessed Sacrament and with public Eucharistic processions. Um, going out there in public to where all this evil is taking place and leading and and our lord is literally leading us at the front of that procession um so recognizing that uh looking forward to here we are in 2021 what are we called to do um well um father rick if you've read a lot of his stuff is a big uh, uh fan of convergence of dates so we have a big one coming up on may 13th uh, may 13th is 40 days after easter that is the traditional ascension thursday uh, May 13th is also Memorial of Our Lady of Fatima. And as Father Rick pointed out, um, and this may be why Our Lady chose that day to appear, it's also the Memorial of Our Lady of the Blessed Sacrament. So you have a convergence of three days, and you know what? It's a Thursday. Now, this is not well known in our faith, um, but Thursday, historically in the heritage of the Catholic Church, was considered the second holiest day of the week, only behind Sunday. So why is that? That's because Thursday is the day that our Lord initiated and instituted the Eucharist. Right. It's also the day that he ascended to heaven. So in early Christian world, the, those Christians fasted a lot. They were prohibited from fasting on Thursdays to recognize the holiness of that day. Um, so, you know, and some of that's been lost a little bit because some solemnities like the Ascension and Corpus Christi have been moved from their traditional Thursdays to Sundays, and it's obscured the importance of Thursday and some of our um, prayer and faith traditions as well. So um, Father Rick was looking for a way to um, uh, expose the Blessed Sacrament in public. And uh, so, you know, we're going to be doing that on Thursdays. And Father Rick, do you want to reference the um, spiritual, the scriptural passage that is inspiring us here? Um, 
Or do you want me to? Because I have it handy. Well, it could be any scriptural passage. You got to give me more than that. Okay, it's the one we're using for heal our land from. Oh, Chronicles. sure, sure, sure. Okay, thank you. Two, two, yeah, Chronicles. two Chronicles seven fourteen. That's right. Do you have that in front of you? I do, but it'd be great if. Yeah, you know, I, I you surprised me with the question, so I don't have it in front of me. All right, so here it is. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. So, wow. unpack that. Um, and, and in the video we just saw with uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, he ends the video with that passage. Hmm. Right. Um, so, we talked about passage. humbling ourselves. You know, it's not of our will, it's divine will. Seek my face. What's that about? Yep, it's about exactly. getting in front of the blessed sacrament. Exactly. Then there's Turn a key from their wicked there ways. Turning so from their wicked ways is a key part there, yeah. yeah. It, it's reparation, yeah, yeah. right? It's, yeah. it's but it, but it starts out if, you, if they humble themselves. And we've been right. saying you can't go anywhere to get grace if it's, unless you start by humbling yourself. Right. Yeah. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Heal yeah, their I'll land. Hear so, yeah. So that's what we're going to do. We're gonna yeah, start. every Thursday night in front of the state capitol, uh, State Street Steps from 6 to 7 p.m., okay? So if you're in the area and you can join us, please do. Um, it's going to be glorious. We've got some – we want to make it very beautiful because we want to uh, show our, our great love and reverence for the Eucharist up there. So we, I, I won't get into a lot of the touches. One of the touches is we're going to have – 72 candles up there so how do you do it in the wind well you do it with a candle like this you see that doesn't that look awesome okay his batteries <laughs> oops i gotta get it closer <laughs> to me doesn't that look like a candle it's awesome so we're gonna have 72 of those on on uh these beautiful floor standing candelabras and also i'm gonna be available like you know uh, uh enough away from the crowd so you can't hear us but i'll have a makeshift confessional going on at the time we're also gonna have a prayer team down by the sidewalk with a sign saying, if anybody needs prayer, we're going to have glorious uh, sacred music playing. So it's good. And so, and, and then people in adoration, and we're literally saying, God, please bring the Holy Spirit down. Please, we're, we're calling for you to bring the Holy Spirit down. Uh, so we believe that that's um, our best shot at obeying Chronicles, uh, 2 Chronicles 7.14. We're seeking his face. We're humbling ourselves. We're, you know, putting aside our wicked ways, and then he'll hear us from heaven, right? He'll hear our prayer then. And a lot of people say, too, that it's some of the, the, the best responses people get to prayers is, is when they're in adoration. Um, and then he'll heal our land, okay? We need, first and foremost, a, a spiritual healing of our land, but we're in the middle of a pandemic, too. So there's that. So, uh, so and we are going to... Um, uh, videotape the first one and we'll see how it goes from there. We might even be able to live stream. We'll see how it goes, but, um, but please, if you can come out. So it's May 13th. Uh, Pat, you want to talk about, you know, um, where we're going after that? Uh, right. So um, this is a weekly devotion um, in public and we're starting on May 13th and we're running this 18 consecutive Thursdays to end on October, October 7th. 7th. The memorial of Our Lady of the Rosary, yep. which happens to be on a Thursday this year as well. Yeah. So um, we've developed a very tight 
approach to this with prayers that can be prayed during it where we're praying for our country. We have this powerful prayer. We've talked about Pope Leo XIII, powerful prayer to St. Joseph in the year of St. Joseph. We have a prayer for Christian families by Pope Pius XII, and we'll be praying with our bishops for religious liberty. And so look for um, Father to post this on the U.S. Grace Force website coming up here shortly, yeah. and you'll be able to see what... USGraceForce.com. So you'll, you'll see it, USGraceForce.com. We're planning to do here, right, and then uh, you can see what we're doing in Wisconsin, and you can take this and do it in your location. Yeah. Hey, I just want to make a cry out here because I know we're getting close to the end here, Father and Pat, but I want to just, it's just a shout out to anybody out there who is not a member of the U.S. Grace Force to go out to usgraceforce.com, sign up, get on the list. You're basically going to get a lot of, not a lot, but you'll get periodic because you're not going to be overwhelmed by it, but you get periodic. Right. During care, uh, prayer campaigns, you get a daily email with the prayer. That's it. But you're, like we're not in one right now, so you're not getting any. And you'll also get trained up in spiritual warfare. We'll right. we'll, we'll send you all the best stuff we can we right. can find. Right. We and got people like uh, Father Ripperger helping us with that too. Right. Right. So and share this with other people. I mean, if there's ever a time we need to get off our proverbial backside and get out there and do things, get off the fence, stop just kind of looking at how bad things are. And some people do. We we. We seem to be gluttons sometimes for the negative that's happening in the world. Well, the negative continues to, to grow and multiply when good men do nothing. We've heard this put so many different ways from so many different people is that you need the good to stand up against the bad. And God has put us here to be part of that. So we need to own it. We need to engage in it. We need to cooperate humbly with God's grace. So please, I ask you all watching, Share this with others, get other people involved, encourage them to look at the U.S. Grace Forest, prayerfully consider joining it, become that prayer warrior, and know that you are you will be one of among 77,000 plus. And we really, by the grace of God, would love to see these numbers exceed 100,000, 500,000, a million. And we could do this. There's 1.5, 1.6 billion Catholics in the world. I mean, what, what would stop us? Except a lot of people don't know about it. So we need you to help us by getting the word out. And, we and one last thing uh, before we close here is I want to point to a big prayer campaign that's coming up. And we'll, we'll embellish a little bit more next week too. But get ready. The oldest, the most ancient, the original novena that was the inspiration of yeah. all of the novenas. And it's the most powerful one there is, is called the Pentecost novena. And it actually goes... From the day after uh, May 13th, so May 14th, up to Pentecost Sunday for nine days. And we're going to have the 77,000, and we hope that with everybody's going to join from this podcast, we're going to have the 150,000 yeah. <laughs> uh, joining us for this powerful power. Because I think this is like the nuclear bomb of God's power that's coming because we've been we've been saying we need a Holy Spirit revival. Well, let's pray for that with 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 our guts. You know, let's pray for that with this Pentecost novena uh, that starts no, uh, May May fourteenth. And just to uh, tell you about how important that novena is, that novena speaks to and is built on the nine days that the apostles were gathered together with Mary after Jesus ascended to heaven until the Pentecost. Yep. It is the first novena. It started there, 
and it is the basis for all subsequent novenas. How cool is that? And then, boom, they receive the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, let's end there. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome, you guys. Thanks, Pat. All right, thank you.